0: This is Stephen Adams and this is Kevin Durant, Oh sorry, <laughs> Kevin Durant, you <laughs> Kevin Durant mate, <laughs> <laughs> good to see you mate, different complexion, okay let's go, so
1: this is Stephen Adams and this is Enes Cantor. you're listening Four. to the Down to Earth, Down to Dunk podcast, what? Down to, down to Dunk, Down to Dunk, I'll down say to that, Dunk. <laughs> introduce yourself
0: mate, here's Tudanis and I'm Enes Cantor,
1: and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast, stay tuned. welcome to the down to dunk podcast this is your host andrew schlecht and with me today hot ham wednesday john ham john what's up
0: Man, um, I'm just super psyched about the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. I mean, <laughs> get to see, finally, Rashawn Holmes. Yes,
1: the the legendary Rashawn Holmes and Dario Saric. I've heard it I mean, pronounced Saric. Have you heard that? I, I have heard
0: that, too, and I've, I've tried to do that. And nobody um, nobody will do it. I think everybody's very afraid, too. It, but yet, Sam Presti will su- still pronounce it as Alex Greenish. I know. So that's where I'm, <laughs> so i So I'm a little uncertain on
1: everything. Yes. Um, I I get that from my source, uh, Mike Iberra, who lives in Italy, who covers like EuroLeague and all that stuff. And so he actually sent me like, yeah. a, a recording of him saying it because <laughs> I asked him, I was like, how do you yeah. say this?
0: <laughs> I, I, I forgot where I came across that, but apparently there's actually an accent over the first S. Yeah. And so that's where, somewhere I stumbled across that, that's actually a shh sound. Yes, yes. um, But anyway, I'm I'm just psyched because the season opened, uh, being introduced to Joel Embiid, and now here we are towards the end of the season, and finally we get Rashawn Holmes. That's right. (laughs) So, Oh, I hope the Thunder play better than they did on Monday uh, against
1: the Warriors. Yeah. That was so brutal, man.
0: That was, and... I I mean, honestly, if I'm Billy Donovan, like I try to my best to hide what Philadelphia's record is, and I try to make it sound like that they're like a division leader or something, (laughs) because I I could very well see this team go. It's Philadelphia. Let's go have fun rather than actually come out and do the defensive stuff that they need to do to actually put this team away. You have to take them seriously.
1: I mean, as kind of dumb as that may sound, like they this team plays hard and they're going to do the best that they can. Which, when TJ McConnell's your starting point guard, it's not always the best thing in the world. No, no disrespect right. to TJ, but he, but the, the Thunder should roll this team if they're playing uh, even like seventy percent of what they're capable of, um, and they should they should roll this team. And this should be a game where rest rests in the fourth quarter.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, it should be. Okay. Uh, but again, I mean, they, they do that against Toronto, but yeah. they yeah. <laughs> no. they don't do that against Brooklyn, or at least not in the first half. So
1: right, yeah. This is that's just the nature of this team. Because I mean, you look at their five game winning streak, and you're like projecting out from there, and you're like, oh man, Western Conference Finals. Like I said, that word way too many, that phrase way too many times after their five right. game win streak, and now I'm like, well. It should put up a good first round series, you know. I mean, this—that's just like the nature of the Thunder team. Like they just—they're—they're they're so up and down. Um, yeah, I, I do want to mention and that we are, are the fan base, by the way. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I do want to mention that we are a part of DailyThunder.com, and then also uh, we're proud to announce that we are a part of Almighty Baller Radio. So you can go to uh, AlmightyBaller.com and check out all the podcasts there. They have a, a podcast for every team. And some really good stuff. They're weekly shows, typically. So go check that out, and you can check us out on DailyThunder.com and then also at almightyballer.com. Uh John, I have an idea that I sent to you over the course of a couple days where I wanted to do a retrospective on the draft picks that Sam Presti has made. So everybody talks about, like, what a good drafter he is, and, you know, we really trust Sam Presti because of his drafts. And I just wanted to, like take like a closer look at it and see exactly what he's done. And we have ranked all the players that Sam Presky has drafted and put them into tiers. And we are going to discuss. So uh, John and I, I gave John his list. I don't know what his list looks like now that he's put them in a different order. Uh, but let's, we're going to start at the top and then go to the bottom. So uh, John, who's your number one, the best pick that uh, Sam Presky's ever made.
0: Yeah and so yeah you know, we talked about this putting him into tiers. I'm mixing my sports metaphors here. Okay. I've actually got my tiers uh in baseball terms. Okay. So um yeah the, the best player I have obviously is Kevin Durant which uh, falls in the grand slam tier. Okay. I think
1: there are if there are grand slams there are 3 of them. And this may sound just incredibly biased, and maybe it is, but here I'm going to give you reasons why I picked Russ as the number one uh, draft pick. Because Kevin Durant was kind of a no brainer pick. Um, It was Durant and Odin. And Odin got picked first, so Durant goes two. Like it was just a no brainer pick. It wasn't like every general manager would have made that pick. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So Russ went fourth in. I remember the mock draft that was put out on ESPN that day had Russ going like six, seven, eight, or nine. Like all the mock drafts, like had Russ down there. I think Chad Ford settled. Yeah, on him n- going, not anymore. Going to New York. Not anymore. Chad Ford's corrected that now. <laughs> that's true. You look back and he's number one, right? <laughs> he was supposed to go to the Bulls.
0: That's they, right. They
1: picked the wrong guy. Oh, that's that's a great Chad, Chad Ford drop. Um, but, yeah, they, they took him four. Kevin Love was picked after him. Gallinari, who was also um, highly touted. Eric Gordon. Like, all those guys were thought to go up there. Um, I wanted Jared Bayless, if you want to know what I thought, which was really tough. Got- <laughs> he went 11th to the Pacers. Uh, he was another guy. I think that a lot of people had Jared Bayless there because he was a better shooter. He, They thought that he could play point guard next to Kevin Durant. People didn't think Russell was a point guard. They thought he was basically like Super Tony Allen coming out of college. And he kind of was. Uh, so. Pac 10 Defensive Player of the Year. Right. So I just give Sam Presti and his team so much credit. Because think about what this team would look like right now had they selected Gallinari, had they selected Jared Bayless, had they selected Eric Gordon. I mean. Or Brooke Lopez. Or B- Brooke Lopez, yeah. That was another guy, yeah. He was another guy that was linked to OKC at the time and then continuously linked to OKC um, up until Cantor trade Um, man I I mean I just think that 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 was such a pivotal pick for this team because there were like Gallo's good Kevin Love's good Eric Gordon's good Brooke Lopez is good but they are not superstars and they are and and maybe you could say Kevin Love is but Kevin Love's not on the same level as Russell Westbrook Um, I I just think that that pick was not a no-brainer There was even a a little bit of a reach on draft night. Um, So those are all the reasons why I go Westbrook. Even though I think that Kevin Durant has been the best player in Thunder franchise history, um, I still think that that pick in particular was just such a gutsy move at the time
0: and is paying
1: dividends um, almost 10 years later.
0: And that's, you know, probably I should have thought that out before I hurriedly threw these guys in order. Um, and, And just to kind of, remind people the story there is apparently the then sonics were looking at brooke lopez or russell westbrook and it was analytics you know those pesky analytics that everyone craps on <laughs> <clears throat> it was analytics um they went back and looked at russell westbrook who played point guard that year because Darren Collison was hurt and was out for a few games and Russ slid over and played point. Um, and it was Ben Alomar who was a consultant at the time, who now is like the director of analytics at ESPN, I think. Um, you know, he's the one that, you know, obviously kind of, kind of brought to light that, yeah, we think he can play point guard. And then they factored in that, you know, obviously the, you know, the characteristics of Russ, they liked, um, they thought that point guard could be more impactful in the league than a big man. And that all led to the decision to draft Russell Westbrook. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, it's is it an
1: incredible pick, and I think the best one. I, Kevin Durant, I have too, just because his impact on the franchise. His, I mean, he's the second-best player in the league. Um, some people may think he's better than LeBron. I still don't think he's yeah. really proven that. Uh, but he's definitely
0: number two from the 2007 draft. And then number three— And, and honestly, oh yeah, I mean— I. I I put KD number one because he's got the MVP. You know, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, under, I understand that clearly he was one of the top two picks in that draft, but we've had a lot of guys over the years that have been quote unquote, no brainers mm-hmm. that, you know, didn't pan out for one reason or another. So sure. uh, there was a lot of concern about Durant. Remember he couldn't bench press what 185. I think yeah. um, the basketball skill was there, but um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, that's probably where where i'd nudge a little bit like you said best player in thunder history and he has an mvp uh in in his cabinet
1: yeah i think and that makes sense too um michael beasley was the uh no-brainer number two pick in the uh, 2009 draft right
0: if you if you think chicago (laughs) 2008 2008
1: people are gonna ding me on that sorry (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like if I was running the Bulls at that time, I would have drafted Beasley number one. Mm-hmm. So if you think Gar Pax is bad now, just imagine if John Hamm was running your team in two thousand eight.
1: <laughs> I know, I love Michael Beasley. He was so fun yeah. at Kansas State. Oh, he was so good. Uh I still love him. He's and then OJ I mean, O. J. Mayo is another guy that seemed like a no brainer. Yeah. Guard. Oh, yeah. Remember the Grizzlies-T-Wolves
0: trade? And no, I was like,
1: what in the world yeah. are the Timberwolves yeah. doing?
0: Oh, I know. I know. And then, you know, unfortunately, he kind of, you know, picked up some kind of a habit um, that cost yeah. him dearly this summer. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't better. know, but yeah, I, I expected bigger things out of him as well.
1: One thing that's always a good pick is going to Anchor Down for your lunch or your dinner. So if you live in the downtown area, go check out Anchor Down, or if you... Uh, work in the downtown area go there during lunch if you are near there always go to anchor down they have great food obviously they're known to be a gourmet corn dog restaurant but i want to tell you about something else that they have they have these hush puppies they call them hush pups and they have two kinds so the first kind is this cheese curd and jalapeno hush puppy with queso it's ridiculous it's a great appetizer you can even have it as a meal um, the second one is a gooey strawberry fritter with vanilla sugar delicious Go check out Anchor Down during games. You can watch the... Check out Anchor Down during the Thunder Games. You can watch it outside. It's been super nice. The weather has been ridiculous here in Oklahoma City. So go sit on their patio. Have yourself a fritter on the patio uh, with a beer. And enjoy Anchor Down. Go check it out. Next, next guy in the same tier in this uh, Grand Slam tier... Uh, James Harden from 2009 It was an incredible pick Another guy who was maybe even a little bit of a reach He was in that range So it's not the same reach that Russ is Um, but people were clamoring for Ricky Rubio during that time. Oh yeah. I'm having, I have my hand up right now as people that were clamoring for him. Uh, I wanted Rubio (laughs) on the thunder. Uh, That was at the time that Bill Simmons was like a really fun guy to listen to and was on top of his game and was pushing for Rubio to the thunder. And I was all in. Um, And I thought that that was, that was the pick and, Turns out that James Harden's a lot better than Ricky Rubio. Uh, obviously, the other guy that you look at is Steph Curry. Uh, but Steph Curry at the time, I mean, a lot of people were in on him, obviously, uh, but no one thought that they were going to get this. Um, yeah. And even two years after, like he's having ankle issues, uh, it's it still didn't look good. Then, obviously, if the Thunder had taken him. Uh, it would look fantastic right now, but yeah. uh, James Harden as a as a number three pick uh, was a fantastic pick by the Thunder organization. Um, and if things had broken right and he had stayed, it would look even better for them. But um, it's it's still a sensational pick from Presti.
0: Yeah, and this is my number three as well. Um, and I was the guy that wanted Steph Curry that year. I, I was <sighs> sold on him at Davidson. Um, And then the other interesting thing I kind of think back now, I remember there was so much chatter about, well, OKC has the three pick. They need to trade up and get the number one pick because it was going to be Blake Griffin. You know, they need to offer Jeff Green, offer the three pick, offer another future first rounder or two and trade up. And and that sounded pretty like far fetched at the time. You just kind of wonder now you look back on that, like would that have been so bad for the Clippers? Uh no <laughs> <laughs> to come out with Harden and some additional draft picks in exchange. And, and, and the only reason that was even mentioned is because Blake is an Oklahoma kid, right. you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those. I remember a lot of chatter at the time that, and no one was really convinced that it could really happen. It was just like, well, you know, Sam Presti's got to at least call and see. Sure. But yeah, if, if that had actually went down and it, it would have been a, you know, Weber, Penny Hardaway sort of trade. Mm-hmm. Um, that wouldn't have been so bad for the Clippers after all. I don't. I, I think it's fascinating. Unless the Clippers took Johnny Flynn. <laughs> Which I wouldn't put it past him. Not everyone is David Kahn. That's uh, right. Oh, my gosh. David there's Kahn. Only one, <laughs> there's only one David Kahn, thankfully. That's true. Oh, man. I kind of miss David
1: Kahn a little bit. He he made things a lot of fun when he took all the point guards. And then when when he's my favorite thing, David Kahn ever did was when Darko Milicic was like begging to get out of the NBA. He offered him like this like three year, thirty something million dollar contract, and he (laughs) told him, "Do not do this." He's like, "I will ruin your team." And David Kahn did it anyways, and then said a lot of like really (laughs) nice things about him at summer league. Oh man, I'm shot. I miss you, David Kahn.
0: Then there was where he made, he, he mentioned he drafted all the point guards, made a bunch of whirlwind trades and could have come out of it with like Chandler Parsons and yeah. a bunch of other stuff. And they came out of it with like a second round pick was all, when all was said and done. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know. It's oh. people, you know, people will, will, will come after me but you. You never complain about thunder management and we're going through this and kind of you know, pointing out pluses and minuses, what they've done, like, God, look at David Kahn. And even David Kahn, has got a, he's got a reason for why he did the things that he did, and I understand them, but they were still bad. Oh, they were <laughs> so bad. So bad.
1: We don't have a ton of bad GMs right now. Even the bad ones that are, like, bad for today aren't as bad as Kahn or some of these other GMs, so um,
0: we need some I bad always GMs. Look I, I look at the team. I mean, how has the team fared? Um, you know, Minnesota. They they tried some stuff. I understand what he was trying to do, but still, the team is still terrible to this day. So, years after he's gone, yeah, yeah, they are
1: they're struggling, um, but they're 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 on their they're on the up and up after the the Caleb trade and getting towns. Yeah. They got they have they luck on their side for sure. Yeah. Uh, next next tier. Do we want to call this the home run tier?
0: That's I have this as the home run tier.
1: Okay, it's tier two home run tier. I have at four. I have the 2008 draft Serge Ibaka picked 24th. Same here. Okay, same and here. It's it's an incredible choice by by Presty. Uh, he he was a guy that was overseas and showed flashes, um, but really became like one of those like first unicorn type players that could block shots and shoot. Uh, from the outside. Obviously, he didn't shoot threes when he first came over. But I remember the first time that I watched him that I was just like, "Wow, like he can play. Like he's ready to mm-hmm. play today because there's there's like a lot of skepticism around him, like is he gonna have to go play in the d league for a year. He's gonna go have to, he's gonna have to go back to Europe uh, and play after training camp, but he was ready to play um, from day one. And that's why they made the Jeff Green trade not only to get perk but I think more so to bring in Serge Ibaka and him to solidify himself as a starting four. Uh, he was, yeah. he was
0: incredible. Yeah. And if I recall correctly on draft night, they had absolutely, they didn't have a picture of him, They had no yeah. footage of him. If, if I remember correctly, um, just absolutely no info on the guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, frankly, you go back and look and, I, I don't, you know, maybe you want to say DeAndre Jordan, who went in the second round, but there's a reason why he went in the second round that year. Sure. Um, I, I, I can't make a strong argument for, you know, they really should have taken George Hill. Yeah. No, they, they took their point guard at number four. Um, yeah. You know, if it was me, I probably would have taken like, I don't know, Dante Green. But <laughs> um, because, you know, uh, yeah, Jared, Giddens Jared Giddens, man, Jared Giddens. The local kid. Oh, Gotta kid. go get
1: the local kid. I guess Nick Batum would be like the only guy that you'd look at and say like,
0: hmm. hmm like, but I mean, again, at the time, the Sonics Thunder already had Kevin Durant. They already they did. had Jeff
1: Green. They did. So this was before yeah. like the positionless basketball, where you everybody plays small. Like everybody had bigs. Like the right. remember the the cream of the crop was the Los Angeles Lakers that started Andrew Bynum, Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom, and that's the team that you yeah. had to compete with for the championship. Like you're not going to start there Kevin, was, Kevin Durant at power at power forward and Nick Batum at small forward. Um, the no. game has changed a lot.
0: Yeah, and it, yeah, that, that's the whole reason why the perk trade was made because of all the big men in the Western Conference you had to battle and get through. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know the, the game changed suddenly, very suddenly. I just you know read yesterday Zach Lowe's piece about how Indiana got caught up in this too. Yep. the game changed suddenly, and they they still you know are kind of struggling to figure it out man the indiana team was really good
1: <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was. that one basically that one year um okay i have one more home run pick from the 2013 draft stephen adams interesting okay do you have any other home run picks i put reggie here uh, okay i i'm gonna you're gonna have to give me the argument because i'm still just have a lot of like hatred in my heart for him uh it's more personal (laughs) than it is basketball so
0: (laughs) i understand um and 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 i know that's probably going to cloud um a lot of opinions there so you know again (laughs) they got a guy who's i mean who's now a starting point guard in the league they got him 24th overall on the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, there was really no better. I mean, there was Jimmy Butler. It had been that third guard the team was looking for, part of the core, as Sam Presti talked about. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't care about the way that he left or you know the way that he is now, but I, I can't fault like the talent or, or kind of like the return on where they drafted him. Yeah, I'm going to make my case for Steven Adams being okay. above him.
1: I, I'm not totally convinced – that Reggie Jackson is a starter, and if he is a starter, he's like a bottom twenty starting point guard in the league. Um, mm-hmm. steven Adams, on the other hand, I think he can. I think he's in the top ten now, and I think that he has the potential to move up um, within the rankings of his position. I think he is a for sure starter on almost any team that he plays for unless there's just like some crazy log jam. If like somehow the Pelicans acquire Steven Adams without trading any of their bigs, then it's like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. there's no, there's no team that he wouldn't start for. Uh, I think the pick itself was a really smart pick. There were a lot of players in there um, like Kelly Olynyk probably showed a lot more in college than he did. Shemaz Muhammad was, like the number one player in his uh, class out of high school, um, even though he didn't play that well at UCLA. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Those, those players in particular, if there's one player that you like wish that was taken above Stephen Adams, like the only guy is Giannis. Uh, but he was also picked at number 15. and At the time that was thought to be just like a crazy reach. Nobody knew who this kid was when they, if they did watch him, they watched him on some tape of him playing against basically like me playing against like middle schoolers. And they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't tell if he like is like, of course he looks good, but like he's playing against nobody. Um, that's, yeah. that's like all the word about him. And of course, I think that you would much rather have Giannis. Uh, but at the same time, you have Kevin Durant already and you have uh, yeah. this team in place Uh, Steven Adams made a lot of sense at the time, fit-wise. I think if you were to go back, you would take Giannis over Adams. Um, Another guy, obviously, is Rudy Gobert. Um, Yep. But he was picked, um, what was he? He's 27th. And this is kind of a crazy thing. So he was traded. So the the pick that was made was the Denver Nuggets, picked Rudy Gobert, and then they sold that pick for a second-rounder in cash to the Mm -hmm. Utah Jazz which is kind of crazy to, to think about.
0: To get Eric Green, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. The yeah, Yugots have done a great the... job,
1: but that's that's a huge blemish in, in what they've done.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Go Bear at you know at twelve is one that I think it, that would have been another one that would have blown people's minds on draft night. Oh yeah. Um that eventually would have worked out very well. Um that's about the only one because yeah, I mean I, I know that the idea of Giannis. Uh, obviously, if you know people, are, if you're fixated on draft the best player available, uh, that doesn't always work because Giannis would come to OKC and get 10 minutes a night, um, and you know I, I think there's also kind of a mentality too that always take the best player because that makes a better trade asset down the road. Mm-hmm. But then look at Denver when they've stockpiled all these guys and none of them can really showcase themselves and some of them get frustrated. And then Yusuf Nurkic is traded along with the first round pick to get rid of them. So, yeah. you know, just, just stacking your roster with 15 amazingly, you know, borderline all-star talented type guys. It, it doesn't always work that way. You got to find the best fit. And you and I have, have gone back and forth in the past, man. I feel like yeah. Adam's, is the best fit, uh, you know. He—that's what they needed back then. He's what they need today. Um, so, I uh, like—I like say—I just—I went ahead and slotted Reggie just ahead of him. Okay, I, I can understand the case.
1: Yeah, we, I think what this is—we usually think pretty similarly when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. But this is one thing I don't think that we'll ever <laughs> will match up on because I just think about like the the era of positionless basketball where you can play Westbrook, Robertson, uh, Giannis, Durant, and Ibaka. And good Lord, you can cover the entire floor with the arms. You can, um, you're versatile on offense and on defense. I yeah. just, I just think I, I, it's crazy. And I love Steven Adams. And that's it's, it's oh, not yeah. like a knock on Steven Adams. Like I love him. I, I like him better than the, I like his pick, this pick better than the, the Reggie
0: pick. Um, but yeah, Giannis. I mean, you just you so just good. wonder if Giannis being on a you know mediocre team just kind of gave him the opportunity that you know if if he was here at Oklahoma City sitting on the bench getting shuttled to Tulsa or mm-hmm. across the street to Reno back and forth, you know, does he become frustrated like Nurkic did in Denver? I mean, sure. that's that's something you have to consider. That you know that definitely does happen. Yeah, that is a possibility. Um, so our next tier a uh, triple, right? That's what I, Yep.
1: So that's that's where I have Reggie slotted. Um, we've already talked about him. Um, do you have Adams next. I do. Okay. <clears throat> so we talked about both those Pretty guys. Pretty much covered those. My um, next triple is a is a guy that's he takes heat. Uh, he bricked a three th- free throw in that game, followed by an air ball. Mr. Andre Robertson. He's a he's a starter. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. I think getting him at twenty six. Uh, was really good uh, the only other guy that you would you know want over him is gobert was picked a pick later um, but then you look at everybody else like maybe you'd want Alan Crabb maybe um yeah but i I think robertson's has an elite n b a skill uh obviously his weakness is just so glaring that it's really easy to dismiss him um, mm-hmm. but he's a starter on most teams. Um, I don't know it's it's hard to fit him in um but whenever he is on the defensive end you he you, you just marvel at what he can do uh, so I have Robertson um at number seven and in my triple tier
0: okay I've actually got him a couple of spots down okay and uh we'll yeah we'll we'll cover that a little bit later i the next one I've got is abrinus okay yeah that's who
1: I have in my i have him as my in my double tier right next right under
0: yeah um robertson
1: let's talk about abrinas and I,
0: I i think it has a lot to do with you know the pace and space era of today's game where abrinas really fits and and i think we feel really comfortable with his future moving forward um the fact that they got him in the second round with one of the picks from the james harden trade mm-hmm. uh, and kind of let him stay overseas and develop rather than come sit on the bench or, you know, play in the D league, you know, someone else picked up that tab while he added to his game and the defensive issues are there. Maybe that can get a little bit better, but my gosh, he's got that, that, that elite shooting skill and some athleticism too. I mean, he's either that can put it on the floor, get to the basket some, um, you know, he's not just um, I'm trying to think who's strictly a three point shooter in today's league. I mean, he's, Anthony Moreau. you know, Kyle Kirk. Corb- yeah exactly yeah he's going to be a better nba player than anthony morrow so um anyway that that's why i went ahead and slid him up considering where he was taken the skill sets that he has um and so i i put him in that category
1: i'm a huge fan uh, i'm a huge abrinus mm-hmm. man i think that you're right like he's he's at his like nba floor now which is like a productive bench player and i think that he could be better than that i think that He does have the potential to be a starter, um, on some level. Uh, but I do think that he'll just for the thunder in particular, uh, I think that he'll be coming off the bench and raining threes for a long time. Uh, he's really a smart player. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to play it the right way. So I'm huge, huge on Abrinos. I think that he's, he's just a tier below Robertson because I know that Reggie and Robertson are like surefire. They can start on at least 15 teams in the league. Um, Abrinas, I'm, I'm a little bit more iffy on that, uh, but I do like the pick at 32 because there's not a lot of talent after him. Um, actually, I'm not sure that there's any talent after him in this uh, current draft. Joffrey was 55. Um, Jeff Withy, who's a third string center. Uh, Ray McCallum's not in the league. I say I Cannon's not any good. Um, that's it. This is a this is a bad second round. For sure. Yep. So to get no him doubt. to get him was a was a really solid pick. Um, yep. So who do you have next? We're up to nine.
0: Um. So the, here's here we are in the. This is where I drop a tier. Okay. And this is where I have Rob. I have Robertson. Uh, in, in the double territory, okay. and the reason why is I I feel like, like you said, he's got that one elite skill. He's going to be an all defensive player. Um, on the offensive end, there's. Re- I mean, I, other than I, is he an elite cutter? I mean, a, a, an elite moved out the basketball guy. I know. I, I I just I just have trouble identifying that second skill. Not even elite skill, just second skill. I guess um,
1: trans- transition is where he can shine some. I don't think that some. he shines
0: anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And so, and you know, believe me, I've spent the past, you know, God, I don't know how how long, but especially Monday night trying to defend Robertson's existence on this planet. I know, um, you know, but yeah. And so, it, it's for those reasons, it, those reasons that I, I put him as a double, uh, and, and here right behind Abrinus on this list. Yeah, I totally get that.
1: Um, number, are we at ten now? I believe we're ten. Okay, so my ninth player, I have Sabonis. Okay. Um, and he's my 10th. Okay. So we can talk about Sabonis a little bit. He was picked 11th. And right now, he's basically all potential. <clears throat> I think that the Thunder obviously very much wanted him. I think that they wanted Oladipo. Um, and they kind of, mm-hmm. he, he's been linked to the Thunder for a while. But I think that their main target was Sabonis because you have to remember that. They had trades with multiple teams ready to go, not just with the Magic, but the the Toronto Raptors was the first one that was leaked, and yep. they wanted Sabonis. That was their target, and they if they could get other. Pl- they needed to get other players, obviously, to go with that. But their main target was Demontis Sabonis, and he's got great potential as a four to be able to shoot the ball a little bit. He's a good ball mover. Uh, he's pretty good on the block. He is, and he's just developing. Like he's got a really all-around game. He's a much better defender than people thought he would be. But at this point in time, like I would hope that he rises up to at least like the Reggie Robertson level for me. Um, but now I just can't. I can't put him in that tier because he hasn't. He's he's hit that rookie wall hard, and he mm-hmm. he still he still has shown flashes during this time, but. Uh, he's he's got a ways to go before he can
0: prove that he's a starter in this league. Yeah, so uh, this is one that I think is, it's probably a double, but as the result of an error, that if the scorers go back later and realize, oh, there wasn't actually an error on the play, that was a triple after all. You can always go back and adjust the scorecard. Yes, of um, So... Um, and, and that's how I look at it because yeah, you know all the things you mentioned is why is why I'm putting him there for now. But clearly, he's got the ability to develop. Um, he, he's a lot better on the defensive end than your typical rookie. That means something. Um, so I, clearly, there's room to grow here. And if if we do this again next year, we'll probably have a much higher opinion of him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there's not guys that you look at right now. and You're like, man, the Thunder should have taken him. I think like. Juan Hernan Gomez is maybe a guy like that. Maybe you watch Karis Levert in uh, Brooklyn. But again, like opportunity for Levert has been able to let him shine. And just like these crazy uh, numbers for Hernan Gomez in the very few minutes that he's played. He's only played 700 minutes this season, um, which is actually a little bit high for this particular draft class. Um, Sabonis has played 1,400. He's played double the minutes and has had more chance to fail than Hernan Gomez has. But um, I don't know. I I still think it's that it's completely up in the air, Um, and so we'll see. Because, I mean, Wancho is playing in garbage time mostly, and he's had some significant playing time. And It's so hard to tell if players are good in garbage time. I remember watching the Thunder play. You know, whenever they were kind of at their peak, whenever, like, Reggie and Perry Jones and uh, Jeremy Lamb would get in, like, at the end of the game. Because those three, they were at the very end of the bench. They didn't hardly play. And it was, like, Thunder U time was garbage time. And they would, like, look amazing during that time. And you'd be like, oh, I cannot. Man, in three years, man, they'll be starting Perry Jones, Jeremy Lamb. Like, these (laughs) would be crazy. Um, And it's just, you can't really take a lot from that. And you shouldn't. Yep. So I just think it's all still kind of up in the air with with really everybody in this draft class. Like nobody has, unless you listen to Bill Simmons about Jalen Brown, like no one really knows like, <laughs> what's going to happen with this particular right. draft class. So I'm still a big believer in Sabonis, but that's that's where I have him slotted. Um, yeah. Do you have
0: anybody else in this tier? I do. I, I have two more guys in, in the double tier. Okay, tell me who. Uh, I have Jeff Green. Ah, me too. Me too. That's that's
1: my next guy, Jeff.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, look, he was he was showing signs of being a perfectly adequate NBA player. Yeah. Um, and and they moved him for for a guy that often criticized, but you know, basically helped transform the Thunder defense. Okay. Um, so he's he, frankly, Jeff Green is a is a negative NBA player if you look sure. at it, where he plays, good team, mm-hmm. bad team, but still. Um, NBA skill. Now, I mean, taking him fifth overall, you can go back and you, know, you can certainly criticize that, especially when they took him, even though he's going to wind up playing the same position as Kevin Durant. That's something I still never fully yeah, understood. I didn't get that either. Um, but I mean, look, this, I, I don't think, I don't think Joakim Noah was ever an option. I think there was probably some red flags there. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, maybe like I, I, Thad Young or somebody like that. But that's
1: still that would have been a reach at that spot. At yeah. five. Wilson Chandler would have been a massive reach at five. Um, but he's he's going to be in the league like he, if he makes it if he gets another deal, which I think he probably will. He'll be in the NBA for ten years, and not many yeah. guys do that. Um, yeah, even lottery picks, not many of them do it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, but like you said, if you look at that draft, I mean. there there was not a whole lot of better options other than Noah, and and I kind of understand why probably they wouldn't have went, they would not have went that direction, so uh, obviously Noah was the better player Um, I think there was probably just some concerns about influencing a young team, shall we say so, (laughs) that that they went the safer route at this point for sure,
1: Um, my next player in the next tier, which I guess is I don't even know, I guess this is a single um, I feel we are calling him that. Um, Perry Jones, I have next. He was the 2000s. He was the 28th pick in the 2012 draft. Man, I'm really. I I just I have a lot of
0: bad things about to say about
1: Cameron Payne. <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> that's so he's, actually, uh, he's actually next on my list in, in the double category. Cam is? Okay, so he's, he's he a is. double still. I have Cam a tier below. I should
1: probably have Cam above, I should He is above Perry Jones. I'll say that. Um, yeah. For sure. Cam is above Perry Jones. But I've been really disappointed I, with Cameron Payne. I just, I just thought he'd be better. like He should not be in the D-League right now. Um, yeah. Not, not many lotto picks get traded and then are in the D-League, mostly because I think the players after him just made so much more sense for the team at the time, like Kelly Oubre, Sam Decker, Justin Anderson, Larry Nance. And so Larry Nance would have been a big reach, but Justin Anderson, Sam Decker, nobody would have batted an eye at either of those guys being chosen at that spot, and Kelly Oubre because he went a pick right after. um, The Thunder needed a wing. They needed a wing so bad, and they draft a point guard. I don't know. I just
0: think that they that, had Kyle Singler.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, I just think um, that that. I mean, we're coming up on some bad picks, but I just, I, th- I think that was swinging a miss from the from uh, Sam Presti there. Um, so that, that's, what?
0: But what I'll say
1: is he salvaged it. He wound completely. up salvaging. It. Yes, I, I still can't believe what he did.
0: Um, yes, and he definitely salvaged it. And look, th- there have been young players that, and, and it's it's this season has been unfair to campaign because of the multiple injuries and being out sure. so much and sure. obviously being traded midseason. So, you know, I think next season assuming he's healthy is when I'm going to start really rendering judgment on him Uh, because I, I still, I still believe in some of the stuff I saw in his rookie season. Um, And and I think he's going to wind up being pretty good. But the fact that that Presti was able to not only salvage it, but like refurbish it and sell it at higher than retail price (laughs) um, is, is pretty remarkable.
1: It's like when my wife resold one of our rugs for $75, she priced it at that. I was like, there's no way you're going to get that, babe. (laughs) (laughs) she did it props to my wife on selling that rug
0: that's what Sam Presti did with Cameron Payne um Sam Sam (laughs) Presti got a Zune a Microsoft Zune he replaced (laughs) the hard drive in it and traded it in for a brand new iPhone so that's amazing (laughs) um I have Perry
1: Jones and and Byron don't call me BJ Mullins next um Perry Jones, that pick just ended up being awful. He was highly touted in that draft, but here's the guys that were selected after him. And I will preface this with every GM misevaluated all these players. So, <laughs> right. Jay Crowder, Draymond Green, mm. Chris Middleton, mm. and Will Barton, all mm. in the second round of the 2012 draft. Man. That was Man. the most misevaluated draft as like the late first round that I that I maybe I've ever seen. Maybe the most misevaluated draft ever. Anthony Bennett went number. Wait, wait, wait. No, no,
0: no, no. this was the Anthony
1: Davis draft. No, no. no. I'm sorry, I didn't go back far enough. 2012. Yeah, Anthony Davis. Yeah. So the second round was just completely misevaluated. So you have like Marcus Teague, Perry Jones, Arnett Moultrie, Miles Plumley, Tony Roten, Jared Cunningham, John Jenkins, Fab Mello... All at the end rest of the first round, <laughs> yeah. For rest real. in peace, Bob Mello. Yes, rest um, in peace. and then you have n- in the second round, I have all those guys. It's just insane.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, that whole that twenty-two through twenty-nine mess of picks through there is, oh, is man, it's just a mess. So, yeah, you're right. This is, um, you know, classic example of uh, kind of misvaluation. But yeah, you know, we've talked about why they took a they, they took a flyer on PJ. Um, on, on Perry Jones, so it it is a worthwhile risk. Yeah, yeah, it was for sure.
1: Um, so then this is I, I have Cole Aldrich in the same tier. And mm-hmm. I, at I first, do. I had him as the worst yeah. one because I just thought. But then you look back, and here's the trade to get Cole Aldrich. You traded the 21st pick, Craig Brackens, and the 26th mm-hmm. pick, Quincy Pondexter, who I like but hasn't really been able to play due to injuries. Uh, for Morris, mm-hmm. and Morris Peterson for Cole Aldrich, like it was a good swing. There wasn't really anybody after him that would have been just like crazy good. Like Ed Davis is, is pretty good. Patch Patterson, pretty good. Um, the guy who the so I'm not, I don't really have any qualms with that trade. The trade I have qualms with is the Eric Bledsoe trade. Um, they, so they right. got, they acquired this pick. They traded a second rounder. And if this, I mean, this is where Sam Presti was Sam Hinckley back in the day. He traded a second round pick and got back the 18th pick and Daquan Cook because the Heat were trying to clear cap space. Um, Yeah. That was an incredible deal. But then he traded it to the Clippers, traded Bloodsuit to the Clippers for a future first rounder, which he then used to get Kendrick Perkins. Um, but obviously, you'd mm-hmm. much, much rather. That's where I feel like he got a little bit too cute with it. <laughs> I wish he would have just kept Eric Bledsoe because Bledsoe's he's he's legit. And whenever he played for those Clippers teams, was coming off the bench like that was like he was a monster for them on the defensive end.
0: And and that's what I wonder about Bledsoe because in, in, you know how this works. It's not like the Thunder took Bledsoe and then said, "Okay, who wants him?" I mean, this was something. Yeah. This was something worked out in advance for the Clippers said, Hey, we want to get that pick. Um and then after they agreed to the trade, then they said take Eric Bledsoe. I wonder if Bledsoe was ever on his radar or was he one of those guys that didn't hit all the metrics, you know, like height, wingspan, some of those other things, because it sure seems like he would have slid in as a backup point guard and then, you know, wouldn't have had the Eric Maynor era. Yeah. I thought it made sense
1: because he's a guy that you can play next to Russ as well. Yeah. Um, and then also Avery, Avery Bradley was um, a pick later than Bledsoe. Um, he's a guy that you look at and like, man, like how many times have people said to you, hey, how can we get Avery Bradley on this Thunder team? Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> It's he's good, man.
0: He's really good. And and, and to be fair, because you know, now that I'm looking at it, I forgot. Uh, uh, Maynard was actually on the team before then. So that probably took them out of the market for a backup point guard because they had Eric Maynard at the time. Yes, Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, Okay, final tier. Strikeout. Don't get on base. Don't even hit the dang ball. Um, I've got Josh Eustace from the 2014 draft and my very worst pick ever made by Sam Presti, Mitch McGarry. Picked 21st in the 2014 draft. He could have had Rodney Hood. could have had Clint Capella. But we got Mitch McGarry. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, so w- one quick one in the single category, I went ahead and put DJ White. Okay, yeah, I considered putting him on this list. Um, he was, yep. he was okay, he yeah. he had a few years in the league, he yeah. was part of the trade to get Nazi Muhammad. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that that worked out perfectly fine for being you know a pick in the twenties. Sure. So uh and then, yeah in the strikeout list I've got McGarry Hustis and Grant Jarrett because I don't want us to ever forget <laughs> Mr. Short Shorts himself, Grant Jarrett.
1: Oh man, he was like he was horribly bad. Um what's his name? Last name? Brian Cook for the Lakers. He always reminds yes. me of Brian Cook. Um but yes. like a Brian Cook that couldn't play at all. <laughs> right. Um
0: McGarry Hustis, that twenty fourteen draft um pretty much gets an F. If, if we're going to go back and retrograde it now, Oh, man. Uh, but here is what I'll say. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to put a cherry on the turd or anything like that. <laughs> that was a draft. That was a draft where they could afford to take a couple of chances. Sure, because they were coming off a 59 win team when Russ played half the season. Uh, the big addition was going to be Anthony Morrow, and you know, they had all the pieces they really needed to be. You know the The title favorite in the following season, Uh, the draft picks, they weren't going to take anybody that was going to jump in and contribute. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, they could afford to take a risk on Mitch McGarry's talent. They could afford to do this cute thing with Josh Eustace in the D League and and all that stuff. But uh, end result, neither pick panned out you know, for various reasons. No, it was bad. And it's, it's hard
1: to like dig deep into the second round and say, well, the Thunder should have taken this guy. I mean, Kyle Anderson's
0: a guy that was picked right after him. That is at least an NBA player. Um, I still remember Darnell and Slater going back and forth over Kyle Anderson. And then (laughs) that podcast is in the archive somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Anderson's
1: fine. I mean, he's, he's a fine player. He's not, he's not going to start for anybody. Um, but yeah. Jokic was in that draft. He was picked forty first. Part of me thinks that maybe the Thunder thought Josh Hustis was Dwight Powell. Um, maybe they just misevaluated the. They just picked the wrong Stanford guy because Dwight Powell's a lot better <laughs> than Hustis. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. I Jordan Clarkson was also uh, in yeah. that draft. Who late second round pick. Nobody knew um, that he was going to be any good. Uh, but still those picks are just they look horrendous um so the the guy i mean rodney hood is obviously the guy that fit for the thunder at the time because they needed they still needed quality wings <laughs> um but didn't take him uh clint capella but they, fits like that thunder model of like this like outrageously athletic guy block shots plays defense can move on the perimeter um he fits that mold um uh, but I don't know, the Mitch McGarry pick was surprising and he was good. Like his rookie season, like you were like, whoa. Like Mitch mm-hmm. McGarry can they got, play. They got a steal. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is that Mitch McGarry can play. He's just a yeah. big dummy. And that's the yeah. that's the thing. That's and that's the that's was like the most unthundery thing about it. Was that right. He, the character thing has always mattered to the Thunder, and for some reason, for that twenty-first pick in that draft, it didn't matter. Um, which is, it's just interesting, and I just you wonder if the Thunder will ever take a risk like that again after it bit them so hard. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, I, I think circumstances kind of allowed them to take that. Um, they couldn't afford to do that, you know, four years ago. They they can't afford to do that now. Sure. In in my opinion, yeah. um, So, but in 2014, it was like, okay, we've got the, we've got our core team settled. We're getting ready to shine a, uh, to sign a shooter in free agency. Um, here's a couple of things we can try. We with a couple of guys we really like, and you know, unfortunately, neither one, uh, barring some miraculous turnaround from Josh Hustis, neither one's going to pan out. Right.
1: Uh, that was fun. Uh, I think that that was Sam Presti has done a good job. Every general manager has swung and missed in the draft, uh, but r- there are f- very few GMs that have hit um, three grand slams within this sh- t- this short of time period. Um, mm-hmm. So, we I think it, we always do ourselves a disservice when we compare ourselves to the Warriors or to another team um, because they are they are also tremendous teams. But look at the other teams. Look at the other twenty eight teams in the league. Uh, the Thunder could realistically be one of those teams without the work that Sam Presti has done in the draft. I mean, easily. Uh, we talked about the guys that they missed on. They could have easily taken other players in the draft and been a much, much worse team. So I think that Sam Presti deserves a lot of credit for building a team that has had this long and sustained
0: success. And look, I mean, we could do this with another team. Like We, we could do this with Golden State, and we're going to point out Ek- Ekpe Udo as the number sure. six pick in the draft. Yeah, the You know, we're going to talk group. about... Yeah, uh, Nemanja Nadevich, who mm-hmm. was taken, you know, like at the end of the first round. Um, you know, they've had their fair share of swings and misses as well, but I mean, that's made up, obviously, by like the Grand Slam, you know, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson picks. So mm-hmm. um, every team has their duds. Um, but obviously, if you can minimize those and offset them with some Grand Slams, you're a lot better off. Yeah, for sure. Even the, the Timberwolves... You know, in 2011, as recently
1: as 2011, took Derek Williams second. I mean, like, these, I mean, these things happen. And the Thunder have been really fortunate to have such a good general manager. Um, and a lot of people don't think he's good. And I just think that you're crazy. So
0: there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, depending on depending on the result of the game, he's either a genius or needs to be fired. That's so right. there's right. there's no in between. The truth of the matter, San Antonio has a worst first round pick than uh than Josh Hustis in recent memory. Which one is that? Livio Jean Charles. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. I'm splicing this they signed into the, I'm splicing this into the pod by the way. <laughs> okay. Livio Jean Charles. Here's a guy that twenty eighth overall in twenty thirteen. Um they left him overseas, they brought him into training camp, signed him to a two-year deal, got in training camp and said, this guy sucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and just, just waived him. So, That's yeah, crazy. no NBA experience whatsoever. So there, there's another example of a team that swings and misses. Yeah, uh, John, thanks
1: for coming on the pod today. We can follow you on Twitter at JohnMham. We'll listen to you on the franchise. Uh, You can find us at dailythunder.com, and you can also find us at Almighty Baller Radio. Uh, Search for us on iTunes. Leave us an iTunes review. Um, If you have time, if you like this podcast, if you like our podcast and listen to it weekly, please uh, just take a couple minutes and leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening, and have a great Wednesday.